Welcome to the Florida Divorce Podcast, your source for the information you need to successfully get through your divorce and into the next exciting chapter of life. Now, here's your host, Attorney Scott Kalish. Hey, everybody. My name is Scott Kalish. I am a divorce lawyer here in South Florida. Thanks so much for uh, tuning into this episode of the podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about an issue that really doesn't come up that often, but I think it probably should come up more often um, than it does. And I, I don't know what it is, but it's a very technical sort of area, right? And it, it's something that I think is forgotten by a lot of lawyers. And that's forgery, right? As it relates to loans. So like it's the situation where one spouse you know, obtains a loan and forges the other spouse's name, right? So you can see it where one person, one spouse takes out a loan in both names, right? And, and obtains money from like, let's say a bank or something. And the debt ends up being in husband and wife's name. But let's just say, you know, husband forges wife's name on it, right? So this is sort of that issue. And I want to walk through how this is handled in divorce cases. And I want to fill you in on what the law is. And I say it all the time, right? Family law is not black and white. It's very much a gray area in so many different aspects. But this is an area where it actually is pretty black and white, you know, according to our law, right? So if you can prove that your husband or wife signed your name without your consent, without your knowledge, then then that is a potential forgery, right? Or it would be a it would be a forgery, right? If if they signed your name to obtain funds and, and you didn't know or you didn't consent to them signing your name, it would be forgery, right? And under Florida statute 61.075, that debt, that liability will be considered a non-marital liability. Now you have to prove that you didn't sign the document. And in the age of electronic signatures, without some like forensic expert, right, internet expert, computer expert to come in, I think it'd be very difficult to prove that you didn't sign an electronic signature, right? I mean, it's tough. I think it would be easier to prove, possibly. I mean, then I guess I, as I'm thinking through this, you know, I've never actually had to prove a forgery, but just kind of thinking it through, you know, what would be easier to prove a, you know, electronic signature forgery or a in-person actual signature forgery. I mean, obviously I've dealt, I've actually dealt with handwriting experts before and they're good. They're good. I mean, it's a whole science and it's very interesting. So I, I guess practically speaking, right, getting a, a handwriting expert to show that a, the signature was not the actual person's signature would be a little bit more straightforward, I think, Right. But the other scenario of an electronic signature, I think it can be proven, right? I mean, my gut tells me that send a subpoena over to the uh, the company that accepted the signature, get the IP address, and depending upon where the IP address for the device that, that was used to sign it, depending upon what that is, it could be a lot easier, right? If the spouses were separated and living apart and one spouse was at their separate house that the other spouse never went to and they, you know, signed in a device using that IP address from that house. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that it'd be a forgery, right? I mean, it'd be easy to prove. I guess it's a lot more difficult if they're using a shared computer, shared iPad, that type of thing. I mean, it would be very, very difficult, I think, to prove that unless you can put yourself right outside of the house on the day that it was used and 
computer science shows that different IP address, no way uh, of him or her signing it, right? Just a very, very sort of interesting scenario. But, but assuming that you can prove that it was a forgery, this Florida law says that it, the court has to award that debt, that liability to the other spouse, to the spouse that committed the forgery, right? They have to claim or they have to find that it's non-marital. The judge has to find that, that it's a non-marital liability if there was a forgery. But, but this changes if it's demonstrated by the other spouse, by the spouse that committed the forgery, that if it was ratified, right? The law says that this subparagraph does not apply, right, to any forged or unauthorized signature that was subsequently ratified by the other spouse. So what does that mean? Well, if your spouse signed your name to a, a document and obtained a loan in your name, let's say for $100,000, let's say there was a line of credit that, that was taken out for $100,000 and your spouse takes the $100,000 and deposits it to a joint checking account and you start using the money knowingly and knowing that where it came from, knowing, hey, you know, my spouse obtained the loan. I know it's in my name. You know, I, I wasn't happy with it at the time, but you know what? I try to put that, you know, aside and, and, and continue on with the marriage. If I'm now using that money knowingly, then that section will not apply. So it's really, really important to keep in mind that, that hey, if you're against something, you know, if, you, if you're against your spouse taking out the loan, even though they signed your name fraudulently, right? They committed a forgery. You, you really got to make it clear and apparent and do everything possible to reverse that, right? Maybe try to, you know, pay back the money with the money that if you have access to it, if it was, if, you know, under the scenario where it goes into a joint checking account, maybe taking that money and paying back the loan, it can play out a variety of different ways. But just know that, right? And again, this does not come up enough. I feel like lawyers, because it's a very obscure part of this statute. I mean, the statute is very, very long. Well, not, not very, very long, but it's a bigger statute, right? Um, 61.075. And it's kind of buried in like the end of it. But it's definitely something that I think people going through divorce cases need to keep in mind. And they need to be cognizant of this possibility, right? They, they need to know where these loans are coming from and whose names are attached to these loans. Because if a $100,000 loan was taken out during the marriage that you knew nothing about, didn't consent to, and your name's now on it, you would be otherwise liable, right? But if you can prove that it was a forgery, you're not going to be liable. That's $50,000 that you wouldn't have to pay back. So really, really important. There's also a part of the statute that talks about attorney's fees, right? So it says in determining an award of attorney's fees and costs pursuant to section 61.16, the court may consider forgery or an unauthorized signature by a party and may make a separate award for attorney's fees and costs occasioned by the forgery or unauthorized signature. So the legislature carved out a separate attorney's fees basis, right? That you can use to make a claim for attorney's fees, right? So if, if you incur, let's say $10,000 in attorney's fees litigating this issue, proving the forgery, then that's something that you can possibly get back. And it says attorney's fees and costs. So if you have to hire a forensic expert, a handwriting expert to prove that it was a forgery, you can possibly get that money back according to the statute. Really, really important for, for people to keep in mind when they're going through divorce and, and, and if these issues arise. Appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you like the podcast, please give it a five-star review. Um, that'll definitely help spread the word. 
um, about the podcast. People, you know, contact me weekly, thanking me, you know, for the podcast. So, you know, love to hear from people. Really enjoy doing the podcast. I like spreading the word, teaching people about, you know, what our law in the state of Florida is as it relates to divorce. I feel like there's just so much information that, that, that has to be, you know, absorbed when you're going through this process and it's an incredibly difficult process. So the more information you have, the better position you'll be in to make an informed decision, right? So I really enjoy doing this. If you have a question, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'd be happy to answer your question if I can. My email is scott at kjlawfla.com. Again, scott at kjlawfla.com. If you're sitting out there and you're thinking, hey, I want to take the next step. And and if you're interested in in, in speaking to me and my firm, I uh, definitely encourage you to reach out. I'd be happy to sit down with you, schedule a Zoom call, or talk to you over the phone to talk about the possibilities of representation to see if we'd be a good fit for you and if if you'd be a good fit for us, obviously, right? So you can give us a call at 561-208-1859. Again, 561-208-1859. And, uh, you know, we can set up that meeting. So thanks so much again for listening to the podcast. And uh, I look forward to the next episode. Have a great one. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Florida Divorce Podcast. To learn the 10 secrets behind every successful divorce, visit floridadivorcepodcast.com. If you'd like Scott's help in your divorce case, go to kjlawfla.com. Thank you.